How often do you think about your socks? About how valuable they are, what it would be like to not have a single pair, or maybe just how annoying they sometimes can be? Bombas realized the importance of socks, of high quality socks, and set out to make a difference for feet everywhere. Two guys, Randy and Dave, wanted to make a product that would help the world. Their research led them to learn that socks are the number one requested clothing item in homeless shelters. Randy and Dave created Bombas soon after that with a dedicated one-for-one -one model to donate a pair of socks for every pair sold. After receiving my Bombas socks and putting them to test on runs and long walks around town, I can tell you that Bombas took every sock problem and solved it. Every single pair comes with a built-in blister tab, innovative arch support, stay-up technology, and a seamless toe. Made from premium cotton, the socks stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Bombas are what feet daydream about. Keep cool, keep comfortable, and keep contributing to the best socks in the history of feet. Bombas. Buy one pair or four at bombas.com slash yoga girl today and get 20% off of your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash yoga girl for 20% off bombas.com slash yoga girl. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. This week, I have an amazing guest on the show, all the way from LA, Matt Kutchel. Matt is an actor, singer, writer, comedian, and one of my all-time favorite Viners. If you don't follow him on Instagram already, make sure you do. He will put a smile on your face every single day. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you, Rachel. It's good to hear your voice and see your face again. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. When was it that we last hung out? I think that was like two years ago. It was, I think right before I got pregnant. Yes, maybe. yes. It was, I, I, I'm thinking about two years ago based on the time we were doing that promotional um, job with Hurley. Yeah, yeah we, we, did, we did the whole beach tour. Super fun. Uh, you, you, me, and Logan Paul. That, that was a... You, me, and Logan Paul surfing in the freezing cold waters oh, of Jesus. I know. That was so interesting because... Uh, yeah, we can dive right into it. I I very rarely do promotional stuff. And then we did this thing for Hurley and it was specifically because it was you and Logan and I love you guys. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. These are the coolest guys ever. I love that. That was, and, and, and the thing is too, it was really fun. It was like, it, it, it fit all of us and our lifestyle. Like we're all healthy and athletic and it was just a cool promotional thing for being athletic with Hurley. And um, that, but anyway, that's how I met Rachel. <laughs> we had a good time. It was fun. <laughs> we did have a good time. So you're right now, you're in LA, your home? I'm in LA, my home. Um, speaking of home, I actually have an offer on an actual home, my first LA home purchase. Um, and I'll know by 7 p.m. tonight, so I might have oh my, my first house. Fingers crossed. That's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. And I know in LA, that's not that's not easy. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> and it's ex no. it's extremely expensive and hard to find the right place. So um, yeah, but all in all, I'm at my house in LA, right? My current place in LA, and I, you know, it's about a hundred and probably like a hundred degrees out. It's pretty humid. It's hot. Yeah, it's hot here in Aruba too. So for any listeners that are out there that maybe don't know you yet, um, I'm 100% certain they're all going to go running to all social media to look you up after this if they don't know you yet. But um, I found you originally on Vine. Yeah. That's kind of how, yeah. So sad face, Vine doesn't exist anymore. But that's kind of how you took your, I guess, your, your passions global. All across the world yeah would you mind sharing with us how you got 
how you got started because before social media all this fun stuff you do now you you sang right yeah so i guess a quick breakdown of my life and what happened um uh, so i you know i was born and raised in portland oregon um but i did move a lot back and forth from palm springs in oregon but my my main place of growing up and really finding myself was was portland oregon um i right out of high school i wanted to be an entertainer and there was an opportunity to audition for Radio Disney in Portland. It was a brand new uh, radio station and they wanted personality. They wanted people who can host live concerts, do some radio hosting and so on. So at 17, um, right when I was about to get out of high school, I auditioned with a dance. I like dance to like Justin Timberlake. I grabbed guitar and played like a John Mayer song. I did like a little hosting spec and I just did an audition as an all around talent and myself and six others actually booked it. And so I started my entertainment working with Radio Disney in Portland. And that led to me um, hosting big concerts for like, uh, back then it was Jonas Brothers, Vanessa Hudgens, Miley Cyrus, those sort of artists, those Disney artists. And um, so I started um, hosting for Jonas Brothers, Miley Cyrus, Vanessa Hudgens, those sort of artists. And um, Where did that passion come from? Did you have that since you were little? Or was it something that started when you were in your teens? To be honest, the passion wasn't originally hosting it was just entertainment as a whole i knew in high school that i wanted to be an entertainer and there wasn't anything specific it wasn't like i wanted to be a musician or an actor or a host i kind of wanted to just be an entertainer and whichever one fell in my lap I, you know i was going to be happy with um so it started off as hosting so i did radio hosting and and um live concert hosting for disney for quite a few years i made the move to la to further my career um, when I was about 21, so I, that was you know seven, 18 to 21, I was in Oregon doing my Radio Disney stuff. Then um, in LA, um, it, there were some complications with me getting the job for the LA Radio Disney. So I ended up working um, at Nordstrom. I don't know if you've been to Nordstrom. Anyone who is from LA listening, I used to work at Nordstrom at the Grove. It was super fun. I was there for a couple years. And then I decided to... Um, to start a pop rock band based on my knowledge of Radio Disney and how how they market their artists, I was like, I'm gonna start a I'm gonna start a pop rock band. So I started my band um, called It Boys, a pop rock band, and oh. and we did good and it was really fun and we toured for four years. Who joined you? And who joined you? Um, two of my best. So I grew up with uh, my childhood best friends Judah and his brother Duck. Uh, they're Literally, one's one year older than me, the other is a year younger than me, and it was us three that wanted to start a band. So they were in Oregon at the time, and I'm in Los Angeles, and I say, I called them. I was like, guys, I want to start a band. We've we've always talked about being in a band. Let's do this. I figured out you know how to promote and market a pop rock band. Like, let's make this happen. So um, so they ended up saying okay and moving to L.A. And we started a band from the ground up, and <laughs> you convinced them to leave everything and move to LA. I, can, just like I convinced that. them. Yes. Well, they didn't have crazy real jobs. They had actually toured in bands before. They both had experience in bands, not myself. Um, so it wasn't that hard and difficult for them. And it wasn't like they were just two random dudes uh, that didn't know how to play music. Like they were talented guys. <laughs> you know, it wasn't just two friends. I just knew that they had a passion for music and were also a great drummer, singer, and guitarist. 
So we started our band during the MySpace days. Remember MySpace back then? Yeah, wow. So <laughs> it was during MySpace when like being on top eight was cool. And I、um, remember our big MySpace break when we had started for the first year is we recorded the song called Miss Hollywood. And、um, Lauren Conrad from The Hills, remember Lauren Conrad? Uh, so yeah, yeah, she, yeah. it was either Laguna Beach or the Hills back then. It was in two thousand and eight, and she put our song on her、um, as her profile song. So we got a lot of steam and started getting like millions of plays on MySpace. So we started being discovered from there. That gave us some credibility, so we could record with bigger and better producers. And、um, and that one thing led to the next, and we got better music. And then we got、um, a small record deal, and that record deal led led to us being on tour. And then we made connections on tour to get on bigger tours, and we just did the whole organic, you know, growth of a band. And we ended up touring for four years. We played、um, our album, our full length album, came out in the UK. That's where our biggest audience was.、Uh, we ended up headlining the Warp tour out there. So I got to got my opportunity to play in front of I think ten thousand people, which was exciting for me.、Um, And our song hit the radio、uh, in the states, in Canada, and the UK.、Um, our our big song that that made it was a song called "Guys Don't Like Me." <laughs> so guys don't it's called like guys、me. don't like me, and the, the, <laughs> because their girlfriends do. That's the whole saying. It's a super fun, catchy song. And who who wrote the music? It, um, three of us in the band did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,、so、I think back then actually, all of us did, all five of us. But it kind of like. Phase into three of us being the main、um, the main writers, but、um, so yeah, so we toured for for a few years and we、um, we were catching a very big break, which led to bigger label offers.、Uh, Pitbull, the rapper, <laughs> he he wanted to sign us to his label Three O Five Records, and then that next week we got another offer from、um, this this label A and M Octone. Uh, it was from the president of the label, James Diener. He had signed Maroon Five and a couple other big, big acts. So we were on. Th- it was on top of the world. Like we were like, "Oh my God, you guys! Our song is on the radio. We're getting offers to be signed. Like this is it. Like we're we're making it. We're going to be huge." And、uh, unfortunately, the owner of the current label that we were on wouldn't let us leave because he kind of saw he he saw the greed. Of like, oh my God! Like I now have a band who's who's in demand, and he wanted to make more money, and I had to explain like back then, he wa- he wanted to wait for a million dollars for us to sign, so a million dollar um a million dollar deal, and I was explaining like, dude, like this does not happen anymore. Like, like you have to be a Drake with a number one song back then to get signed for a million dollars. Like we're doing good, but not that good. Let's take this six hundred thousand dollar deal. And sign with the guy who signed Maroon Five, and and like we we had an idea of what we wanted to do, and the o- but you were locked in with this with this, and、guy. we were locked in with this label, and um, I I literally begged him over and over again to let us go, and he's like, trust me, we need to wait for the right time, and that right time just kind of faded, and our pop album that we wrote that we had spent a lot of time on. Um, back then, albums cycled in like every six months. If your pop your pop music changed, pop, I know people. Unless you're in the music business, might not understand, but music goes in cycles of what's relevant and what's hot. So back then, we were writing for the radio format. 
that had then moved in the six months that our album was written and sitting there still. So then we had to write a whole new album to fit pop music and pop music culture was happening. And they wouldn't give us the budget to, to do that. So um, I had to, the only thing left to do was to break up the band to get off that label, which we did. I broke up the band and, um, and we all kind of like said, let's step back and figure this out. Maybe we can individually be writers or come together one day. And that led... How was that though? That, I mean, that must have been a huge... I mean, you spent years and years building the band, touring, working, you know, kind of almost getting to the peak of all of this just to have it all kind of fall apart. Um, I mean, yeah, like to me, that was it. I, I had the dream of it. I, I, in my mind... I had worked so hard and put in so many hours in entertainment in general, but let alone the grueling four years of tour. And, you know, I, I mean, like, by no means was any of it glamorous. We borrowed from one guy who had like $10,000 saved in his account. So he's the one that bought us our first van. And he was our guitarist. And we had a van that had no AC and no heat. We toured the, den of, the dead of winter in Canada. Uh, our front panel by the uh by the gas pedal was f was missing so there was like a hole the size of a brick that would <laughs> blow in the freezing air from the van so and so look, in other words our van was not it was not meant to be torn in canada in the dead of winter when it was literally like zero degrees so we'd also sleep in that van at times because we couldn't afford a hotel but every like five nights so one specific story of like the grueling touring experience was we parked our van outside of a venue. We played the show. After the show, we all went to the van to sleep. We literally had to wear full on like snow jackets in, in, <laughs> in our winter sleeping bags in order to like comfortably sleep and stay warm. And I remember in the middle of the night, I had brought in my water from the venue and I reached down to get my water and it was frozen. In the van, no. in the van that I was sleeping on. <laughs> oh, the the glamorous life of a pop star. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's not all glitz and glamour by any means. And you know, we went through that for a while. So it was to see us finally grow to the point where we had a tour bus and we had a touring team and a bus driver and our shows were getting bigger and we we were on the rise. And to see one man's greed get in the way was very, very eye-opening for me. And, but by no means do I regret it. It's, it's a cool part of my life. But then, were you angry? What's that? Then, were you angry? Yes, then? yes. Or? Back then I was very angry. Um, I, I couldn't believe it. I was devastated. The whole band was devastated. And when we finally made the decision to break up the band, like it, it hurt. It, like it was very, very, very difficult to leave something that we've nurtured for like the last five years um, and spent every day of our life working on, from music to meetings to save to to working to save money to buy the van. Like we we put a lot of time and energy into it. So yeah, it was very devastating, and um, you know, kind of a low blow to all of us. But it's cool because years later now I look at it and it it put me to where I am today. Absolutely, I mean that's the. The beauty of struggles is when you finally get to the moment where like, oh, I can look at this now and say, thanks. Like this brought me something. Exactly. Exactly. And now are you able to be, because I, I had an experience kind of similar to that in, in, in business where I had a, 
uh, a partner that created a, a huge mess for me financially. And I was so angry for the longest time. I mean, at the time, I was furious, furious, furious. But it took, it's taken me, I think, yeah, almost three years. And now I can sit back and go, wait, like, he taught me so much. Just going through that struggle with this one greedy person made me grow in insane ways. And it made me make smarter business decisions in the future. And now I, I know more. Do you feel like, are you there now? Can you be, can you be grateful for that uh, record label guy? I am so grateful for that. And to be honest, it's a lesson that I needed to learn back then. And I'm glad I'm not learning it now. You know, so <laughs> I've, um, and I've learned so much about the music world that I'm still involved in. And I'm, I was able to, you know, take what I've learned from that move forward though though it seemed at the time like a waste of five years it wasn't it was pretty much my college i went to college for Mm. school for five years that's kind of how i look at it and now i've been able to start a a more um, successful business um, because of that so yeah i'm very grateful for what has happened and by no i feel like most people that have struggles they live in that moment of of stress and depression and not knowing what's next but they don't realize that in five 10 years, whatever, from then, they're going to look back and say, wow, that was, that was actually a blessing in disguise. And it's hard to look at it as a blessing in the moment, but it truly is. It is a blessing in disguise, and they don't know it until later. I mean, that's the, it's such a powerful spiritual practice. I'm working on minimizing that gap, you know, the gap between being in the shitty, shitty, shitty place to actually finding gratitude for it happening. You know, sometimes it's 10 years, sometimes it's a lifetime, sometimes it's, you know, can you actually make it more and more and more narrow and find gratitude quicker, you know, to not stay in that rage or in that resentment for too long. I mean, it's a, it's a, and it's so hard in the moment to, to step back and say, okay, it's bringing me somewhere. But if you saw that guy today, would you, would you give him a hug? Well, you know what? I mean, he actually passed away six months later. Uh, yeah, which is crazy. So he's not around for me to do that. Oh. But yeah, I, 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 you know what? I have no hard feelings against people. And maybe back then I would have been mad and, you know, maybe said a few things I shouldn't <laughs> or wouldn't want to say now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd have no problem talking to him and, and being kosher. And if he wanted to give me a hug, I would hug him back. That's okay. Um, but yeah, it is, unfortunately he did, um, I think three to three or four months after, um, he ended up, he, he actually had a heart attack and he died. Yeah. Crazy. And what happened after that? So after you broke up the band? So we, um, we broke up the band and everyone kind of went their own way for a little bit. And, um, I started working at this restaurant called Sir Restaurant. Um, I'm sure some of your listeners have watched a TV show. They have a very popular TV show called Vanderpump Rules. It's on, uh, on Bravo. And uh, I was working at the restaurant when that show came about. And this restaurant is so, it's wild. Like, I could, like it's a restaurant where they hire all like young, sexy people. Uh, Sir, S-U-R stands for um, Sexy Unique Restaurant. That's what it stands for. <laughs> so they would hire all like, for the most part, young, hot women. And I was like the first or second guy hired that they hired because it started, it's when um, we started transitioning into more like, you know, like, oh, that's not, now that's sexist because they don't have guys. So, so it kind of like, you know, they, they, uh-huh. they kind of wanted to wash their back. And so they had to hire guys, which luckily for me, I got hired and it was me and a bunch of beautiful women. So I didn't mind it. <laughs> you are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl.
I went for many years without wearing a bra. When I decided to try one out again, I instantly remembered just how uncomfortable they can be and why so many women say that the best part of the day is coming home to take your bra off. Then I found Third Love. Third Love uses women's real measurements and super smoothing memory foam to create bras that fit better and that are much more comfortable. They offer sizes from AA to G as well as exclusive half cup sizes. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone and they're ready to give you yours. Right now, Third Love is offering from the heart listeners a chance to try one of their perfect 24-7 bras for free for 30 days. If your new bra is not your new favorite, you can easily return or exchange it for free. Simply fill out a few questions, pay just $2.99 for shipping, and receive a bra so comfortable you'll forget you're even wearing it, which is exactly how it should be, don't you think? <laughs> Go to thirdlove.com slash heart right now to find your perfect fitting bra and try it for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com slash heart to try your new favorite bra for free. Thirdlove.com slash heart. So I started working for Sir Restaurant and there's such there was such drama in this restaurant on this person dating this person and, and, and this person sleeping with this person's girlfriend. And it was so crazy that like the owners were like, we have to make this into a TV show because it's so <laughs> crazy. If we rolled cameras in this restaurant, it would just be gold for television. So they did. So they, they, they got producers on board and they shot the, um, they sold the show to Bravo and now it's, on the fifth or sixth season called Vanderpump Rules. Oh my and God. I was, and I was there through the whole process. And many times, um, Lisa Vanderpump, who started the show, has that she wanted me to be part of the show because I was friends with everyone that worked there. But it just, to be honest, it wasn't for me. I didn't want to be known to be a reality TV star um, in a dramatic show about sleeping with each other's girlfriends. <laughs> so, I, mm-hmm. you know... Probably a smart. Move. I just, it, yeah, it wasn't for me. <laughs> Everyone made a huge career out of it, but not not my move. So, I ended up working at that restaurant for two years, and um, time and time again was denying the show. And to be honest, it just got so the the restaurant got so busy with tourists, and there were always cameras rolling, and I'd have to try my best to avoid not being on this TV show. So, um, during that time, I started. Um, there was the app Vine came out. This is when I was working at Sir Restaurant. And my my best friend at the time, Ariel, she um she was on Vine and she had like maybe like eighty thousand followers or so and she was telling me to get on Vine and I would always be in Vines with her. On my on I'd see her on a lunch break or on a coffee break and we'd be hanging out and she would shoot a silly vine and I would be in the video with her. And so So anyone who maybe I don't know if living under a rock for the past couple of years, but Vine is the six-second app, right? Six-second yes. um, video content app that no longer exists. Exactly. Vine's a six-second video app, and it started off as, uh, you know, the best, easiest way to share, to quickly share videos uh, with all your friends. Now, the six-second platform made it very interesting and unique, and you had to find the right niche on how to create a funny video in six seconds. So essentially, Vine bred Vine stars that were comedians that would fit full sketches in six seconds. That's kind of like what Vine was. And it blew up and it got, you know, a, a few other people, including myself and Ariel, millions of followers. And in a whole interesting level of like, of fame through like an audience who would recognize you when you go out to the mall or the movies or whatever. And, um, 
So anyway, I would always be in Ariel's vines with her, her vine videos. And how did and you guys how did you guys meet? Did you meet in LA? I had met Ariel in LA when I was working at this um I was working at this store called Confederacy and it was a boutique high-end clothing store, men's and women's, and her boyfriend at the time was one of the owners. So he would come in the store and he would bring her. I had met her like a, a couple years back, very briefly. We weren't friends, but I had I knew who she was. So she came in the store a lot and I would always help her. And I mean, she's the most beautiful girl in the world, which um, now is my girlfriend. I have a whole backstory on that. Mm. But um, I remember like I always had a huge crush on her and she would come in and I would help her and we just became buds. And so we um, we became really close from me helping her shopping. Like, you know, like I was like her <laughs> stylist, like her, her straight guy stylist. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, we became good friends and we started doing Vines together. And she told me, like, you should really get on Vine. Like, it's super fun. And, and so I did. I got on Vine and it just kind of blew up and we kind of launched together. Like, our whole stick was which we didn't plan, but we would always be in the car together and I would vine from my side, like from my profile of me and her in the car. She would vine from her side. And we kind of started, we developed a best friend, is there a possible romance here sort of story that we didn't even know at the time. But everyone around us was like, why aren't you guys together? And our whole audience was like, oh my God, you guys need to be together. You're perfect for each other. And you know, we would kind of like laugh it off and like ignore it. But um, that's kind of what launched me on Vine was doing Vines with her. And when I was working at the at Sir Restaurant, I uh, was able to end up quitting Sir Restaurant because I started, people started reaching out about, um, about doing ads on my page. Hey, uh, we have a beer company would like to do an ad on your page. How's $800 for video? And I was like, 800 bucks for video? Hell yeah. So I would do the beer ad <laughs> and then a sock company and then an underwear company. And it started building to where I was making enough money to not have to work at a restaurant to, to live. So I ended up uh, phasing out of that, of, of that work at the restaurant and just doing vines full time. And that's how I started my social media career. Completely. That's such a crazy, yeah, such an unconventional way to, to get started. I mean, this whole social media as a career is amazing to me. Yes, it's crazy. And now so many people can live can live that way. I mean, it's 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 mind blowing. But I mean, Ariel and you, because it, I think you really did. It's like you created this bit, this best friend bit of having every day millions of people tune in. Like, what are they doing today? Are they best friends? Are they dating? It's like this impossible romance. I mean, I follow that forever. I yeah. How did it? develop from there from best friends to you guys just recently you know if you google you by the way which i did before this podcast because i wanted to kind of snoop around a little bit extra but the first thing that pops up is like ariel and matt ariel and matt like what's happening finally dating like that's the number one thing that comes up if you google your oh name. my god so it's so <laughs> so funny i guess our audience has definitely waited long enough um so i guess you, you know like I really, she's been a good buddy for a long time and, and clearly had a crush on her, but she had, um, she had boyfriends when I was single. I had a girlfriend when she was single. Then we both had, were in relationships and would, would go on double dates. So it just was always, it was just always, you know, off, off and on based on like, there was no, there was no real chance to be like, hey, we're both single, should we make this work? And I think what comes into play too is 
being so close as best friends for so many years, it's it's kind of nerve-wracking. If you make that move and you try something and it doesn't work, what happens to the best friendship? Does that does that go away? Does is is that going to like it just kind of gets messy. It's not simple. Like if you meet someone and you're attracted to them right away and you go on dates and they become your girlfriend, there was no best friendship or anything to lose. So we had so much at stake here. And what finally changed was um, it just it was just to the point where, I mean, listen, I'm 32, she's 30, we're not kids anymore. I've dated around, she's dated around. It was time to just be like, yo, this is what needs to happen. So who made that move? I, I did. And after how much contemplating? Oh my God, years. <laughs> years? No. How many years? Um, Jesus. <laughs> well, to be honest, I, I really, I really fell for her in like I'm gonna say maybe five years ago is when I actually oh fell God. for her and knew that I loved her, and and so, but I did love her when she had a boyfriend and when I was single. So I, I knew that I loved her and I had to be very respectful and let her have her relationship and do her thing. So, but when I was able to say something is when she was single and she had a moment that she was single and she, I had found out and heard through the grapevine, through friends of friends, that she had just started getting back in the dates after her breakup. And that was like a moment for me where I was like, I can't lose her to someone else. So I took her out to... Um, she was actually she had a she started kind of hanging out with this guy, and she had plans she had plans <laughs> to go with him. Uh, she told me late, oh no, later she had plans <laughs> to go with him to, on a date in Venice, and he lived in Venice. So I would hit her up to hang out, and she'd have plans with him or whatever. So finally, I was like, I got to make a move, and I said, Listen, I need to really talk to you about something, and uh, it's important to me, and I'd like if you make the time for me. And then she said. Okay, absolutely. I'll uh, I'll you know cancel my plans tonight and let and let's meet up. So I took her to dinner, and oh god, yeah, so nervous. <laughs> Wait, sweating. so much is at stake here. I'm getting nervous just hearing the story right now. <laughs> so much at stake. I I'm literally like I'm just like red hot in my face, and I'm like I have to eventually break the ice here with an I'm in love with you. <laughs> Right. Wait, did you talk to your friends, to other friends about this? Like, did you get some support, some help? Did you vent with anyone? Um, or was it just I you think, and this major thing? I think this was just me. I did. I do have some friends and family who knew how I felt. But this, like, to be honest, I didn't want to seek advice based on this. I just kind of felt I knew it was right to do and that I had to talk to her how I would talk to her as a best friend and tell her everything. So we um, end up going to um, a restaurant and I finally, we have our small talk, our awkward small talk before it led up to me saying something. And I just said, listen, um, obviously you've been going on a lot of dates with guys and you know, you're doing your thing and I understand that, but um, I think you know how I feel about you and why couldn't we try something? Like, wh- like why couldn't it be me? And then she like, she actually seemed relieved and like a little bit happy and, and she goes, you're right, and Matt, and to be honest, this is something that I've actually thought about a lot too. So she has thought, you know, she was thinking about it and that was a relief to me because I didn't know, to be honest, I thought she had liked me, but in my mind, I'm like, 
maybe I just like her and this is like a one-way thing and she's gonna say oh that's so cute but I don't like you and I'd be like oh shit <laughs> and then what yeah. so um so anyway she um she felt the same way and based on this conversation she had just let me know that that listen like this friendship meant so much to her and and after talking it over um not only at that dinner but like that kind of week of trying to figure it out was she was nervous and she was very scared because there was so much at stake and she knew that she had a little bit left that she needed to go do and need to go like she had always been in relationships for so long that she had wanted to just kind of be free for a little bit find herself be herself do her own thing and not jump into like another relationship especially one that could be so um so serious as ours so she she told me that she loved me back pretty much and um pretty much yeah pretty much you know loosely told me she loved me back and that she had that she had thought about you know me and us being together and we kind of like let that just kind of be there and settle and then after that moment i never really heard much about her talk about other guys and i would not talk to her about other girls and that was actually about I'm going to say like three years ago was that first conversation. Wow. Okay. Oh, I thought this was no, this, this year. No. Like, like recent. That was like three years ago when I proposed the idea of, of being together. Wow. Then. This is a long, like a, like a very thought through, really untraditional way of getting into a relationship. I think. I, th- I really, I, I love it. It's very different. And I will tell you, <laughs> it is so funny because I have a lot of, a lot of guys are DMing me and saying, how did you get out of friend zone? <laughs> they're like, How did you get out of friend zone? And they're zone? like, they're, and wow. they're like congratulating me, like, dude, congrats on getting out of friend zone. That's insane. Like, how'd you do it? You're my hero. Like all this stuff because you know what? Like, that happens very, very often with guys. I know it happens with girls too, but I, I, I hear more of stories from guys that get trapped in friend zone, and. You know, even guys, someone DM'd me the other day asking for their advice. He's been in the friend zone for five years and wants to know how to get out of it. And truthfully, my only advice back is if you truly love someone, you just don't give up on that person. And you show them your best and you give them their, their best and, and hopefully it'll just happen. And of course there were times where I was thinking that maybe it wouldn't happen, even though I wanted it to happen. But I didn't give up. And I, you know, was very consistent with, with keeping her in my life and, and loving her as a best friend and loving her as a person and being there for her. Uh, through her breakups, I was there for her. Um, through anything, you know, with family, anything, I was there for her. And I just knew that I loved her enough that I wanted to, I didn't want to be with anyone else. So it just ended up finally just happening. So that was just a lot of persistence. <laughs> And a lot of and a lot of a lot of patience because you guys have a have a completely different foundation than a you know two regular people that don't really know each other fall in love and then you know give it your best but I feel like I mean you already already know her flaws and her challenges and she knows you and um, this is a very mature way (laughs) of doing things my last last um, a podcast that a week or two ago I had uh, Waylon Lewis who's the founder of elephantjournal.com and he wrote a book about the Buddhist idea on relationship on relating so the idea of 
uh, each person being an individual and having to experience loneliness and being completely your own human being. And that's the best way to enter a relationship versus the idea of like finding a soulmate, merging as one, you know, all of this. And I think it looks at least from the outside like you're able to embody this independence in a relationship in a really cool way. Yes, it's, it's a very unique spin on how most relationships happen. And in my opinion, it is, it's well worth it. It's, I'll tell you what, it's well worth the wait and the patience and not rushing into something because you feel lonely or rushing into something because you, you want to rely on somebody else. It's truly, I found myself and my happiness. She found herself and her happiness. We were together through each other's journeys as friends. And then we finally just decided to to merge as you know and to collaborate so um so it's cool i i I found my girl and i'm and i couldn't be happier about it i'm so happy to hear that that's 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 amazing that announcement that you guys made and you did it together like you had to like coordinate you know what i i didn't i i didn't know so at first we were kind of keeping it on the DL because we wanted it to be a little bit sacred. We wanted it to just be like ours. Like this is our moment. We're going to spend time together. We don't want like to get people excited or have any articles written or anything like that. So we just kept it kind of between us for like a couple months. And then um, I had told her, I was like, hey, listen, you're around me all the time. I I don't really want to hide this. If I want to do an Instagram story or photo, I want want you to be my girlfriend and, and be known as my girlfriend. And she agreed and she said, yeah, like, I just think that I want to spend a little bit more time with you um, one-on-one before people know. And then we were both actually in Malibu, just kind of like on like a little like lunch date and beach date. And she had, without telling me, had posted that first thing. So my phone actually started like blowing up and I was getting text messages and saying like, (laughs) oh my God, is this serious? Oh my God, is this real? Because keep in mind, not only our fan base that developed, but friends and family have, ha- they didn't they know, didn't know and they've wondered for years and like everyone's been like are they together are they not like oh my god they're just friends that's a shame they should be together so five years of this build up to the public it you know everyone kind of got riled up and like I got a bunch of texts and I was like what are they talking about and Ariel's just over there smiling like like in her chair and I finally looked at my Instagram and she had like announced it on her Instagram like yep this is my boyfriend and um, <laughs> and the rest is history. Now we're now we're beachside lovers. Uh, it's like a, a, a social media love story. It's 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 so beautiful how you guys yeah fully fully made it. I love that. Yeah, I love it too. Love. It's love. love. It's love. It's love. It's the best. It is the best. You are listening to From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. The amount of photos I have on my phone would not even fit into the largest library in the world, especially since I became a mom. Are you like me? Do you have thousands of photos living on your phone or on random flash drives and websites scattered all over without a single one in an actual picture frame? Now you can take those precious memories out of your phone and put them onto your wall with framebridge.com. With their simple ordering process, you can order a fully customized piece in minutes. I love placing priceless moments all around the house. It can turn my whole day around just looking up and seeing the photo of mine and Dennis's wedding day or my baby's first dip in the ocean. That's my favorite shot. With framebridge.com, our home is now filled with even more cherished moments. Framebridge.com is super easy to use. Just go to framebridge.com, choose your frame or let the designers help you decide. Upload your photo from your computer or even directly from Instagram and then just place your order. 
That's it. You'll receive your beautiful piece in days, not weeks, delivered right to your door, ready to hang. You can even mail in a photo or artwork for free. Their frames are made from the highest quality materials that will never shatter and will protect your photo from damaging UV rays for years to come. Framebridge.com is affordable with prices starting at $39 and guaranteed free shipping on all orders. Plus, all from the heart listeners will get 15% off of their first order by using the promo code YOGAGIRL. Our photos and artwork carry life's most beautiful and important moments, moments that speak directly to the heart. Get started framing your photos or art today. Go to framebridge.com and use the promo code YOGAGIRL for 15% off of your first order. That's framebridge.com, promo code YOGAGIRL for 15% off of your first order. Framebridge.com, promo code YOGAGIRL. So what about your family? Because has she met your family? Has she been with you to, to Portland? She has, yeah. I, we actually just got back from a Portland and Idaho trip that we were on. Uh, we left on the 1st of this month. So 1st through the 10th. So we were just there. And she met my um, my brother, my brother's family, my sister and her family, uh, my mom, my dad, everybody. So she, and, and she got the stamp of approval. So she, uh, she got the stamp of approval. She got the family good. approval. Because I know you, you grew up... I mean, you grew up not without not without some struggles, right? Different from Los Angeles life that you live today. Very different, um, which which honestly I'm so grateful for. And I look back and I don't think I'd be the person or have the success that I do today if it wasn't for the struggles that I went through. Um, my family, my family was so incredible at making the best of every situation and making the family believe us kids that we weren't struggling, but. As I become older and look back and I look at our lifestyle, we didn't have anything. And we, there were, we, we had to move all the time because of finances. And we lived in, five of us lived in a, I think a single bedroom uh, mobile home trailer in, in uh, the outskirts of Palm Desert, Palm Springs area. And when, when I say Palm Springs, I think the majority of your audience or people listening would think, oh, Palm Springs, that's glamorous. Well. It got more glamorous and there's nice parts of Palm Springs, but the outskirts of Palm Springs where we were living was not glamorous. It was actually like the more, you know, the more lower end of, of living in the desert. So, so yeah, we didn't, we didn't grow up with any money. We had to, we actually had moved um, 27 times. I actually counted, we moved 27 times th during my childhood. Uh, we kind of moved back and forth between, between surrounding areas of, of Oregon and Palm Springs based on kind of chasing my dad and his work and his job that he had at the time. So we, we didn't have a lot. We, we really didn't. But my, I'm so grateful for having such a great mom and dad who did their best to provide and make us believe that we were always okay, which was great. And it's just so cool that they've, they've given me so much love and taught me to, to love and to believe. Even though we didn't have much, they, ta they, still, they still taught me that. And now, you know, it came back to where I can totally bless my parents now with, with, with stuff that we never were able to have. Hmm, that's beautiful. It feels good. And how, and how has that kind of inspired you for what you're doing in your life today? You know, do you have a, do you remember where you came from always, no matter what success? Yes, I, I will always, I, yes, I, I truly do. I always remember where I came from. I actually, before I had any success, I just knew in my mind that I was gonna like work hard enough to be successful and, and find some success no matter no matter where I was gonna find it, I just knew I would. So I actually have a tattoo on my arm um, and it says, bless me Lord that I may bless others. And it's a constant reminder to myself, it's on my body that no matter where I get in life, I can look down and there's that reminder 
that when I was a guy who had no money, I knew that I was going to work hard and, and be blessed by God to help other people. I don't want, I don't want my finances and my wealth and anything for myself. Obviously, I will have the perks of that and working hard for, for nice things, but I need to always help other people, which I have incorporated in my business and I do um, take a, a percentage of every uh, check that I make that goes into an account um, for charity. Um, there's uh, I'm kind of looking right now for different charities to work with, but I definitely have not forgotten where I've come from. And if, you know, I gotta make sure that no matter what to always help people. I saw uh, you shared a while back about that l little girl who went through sur surgery and you helped. Yeah, I actually got a direct message from, from a fan and she was reaching out on behalf of her um, sister's baby and they couldn't afford a, a surgery for her and they weren't sure what to do and the poor the poor girl has she had already been through um, through a surgery and this was going to be like her second surgery and they couldn't afford it so that was an opportunity that I had to help so I just they asked me to just go help with a GoFundMe and I just told them whatever they don't raise on GoFundMe, I was just gonna cover the rest. So we were able to you know, write a check to her and fully take care of that surgery and she's out and she's doing better and there's no better feeling than seeing someone like her, like that little girl get back to health and, and you know, I don't know what they would have done if I wasn't able to and, and it feels so good to be able to help. And you know, that's one of, I hope, many stories to come of ways that I get to help people. I mean, there's no, no greater joy than being of service to the world. I mean, you can't compare that to, to, to anything, that selfless, just wanting to do good stuff. Exactly. And I feel, I feel like it's, I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like there's too little of that in the, in the social media world because now we're living in this, in this world where there's a, a ton of people that are incredibly blessed with this, I mean, fairly simple life. If you are a social media star, you have a fairly simple way of earning money and living a good life and kind of taking taking your life wherever you want it to go. So I, for me, at least, I feel like there, I have an automatic responsibility to help people that don't have that same opportunity or to do good things with this influence. But looking at the social media world as it is right now, I feel like very few people actually feel that way or very few people act on that and use their influence for good things. I agree 100%. I, I think that, and I want to encourage any social media personality that whether you're up and coming or you're there that you got to remember how you got to remember how blessed you really are and there's a lot of and especially like younger social media stars that are making millions of dollars a year and i don't think they know how to or even think about helping other people but it's you know to to um to my advantage i got success at a later age which i feel helps me a lot I don't know where I would have been if I would have been 17 years old, started a YouTube channel, and started making a million dollars a year. Who knows? I just know that I had to go through a struggle when I was a child and to get to the point where I'm finally making money to, to really look back and be grateful and want to give back. And you're right. I do think that there's plenty of people on social media that, that should be and could be doing a lot more to help people. And, and hopefully we can find ways to encourage them and, and, uh, and make that happen. Yeah, and do and do good things, because it's not to be. I mean, underestimated. This influence is is, is huge, and I mean, I, I come from the yoga and wellness world, so it's it's different, of course. I think than the. Uh, I mean, you look at the the most popular viners today. It's it's crazy how things have blown up for 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 so many people, and collectively we could do so much good. I know we can. So, so now since since Vine closed, I mean, what are you working on right now, in life? 
So since um, since Vine closed, I kind of kind of shifted my audience over to my Instagram account. Um, so I do Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter posts. Um, that's kind of right now my bread and butter. I, I I do feel comfortable with Instagram being around for a while. Obviously, they were acquired by Facebook, and Facebook um, has a great CEO. Zuckerberg is is amazing, and he's got great ideas. And and um, right now, I kind of want to take my digital content to something longer. And um, I've written with um, I've been writing with Ariel. She's been my you know comedic and writing partner for so long that we have um, a pilot that we wrote that we should be shooting beginning of August and um, hopefully we'll find a buyer for it whether it's uh, a Netflix original series or it becomes a Facebook original show because Facebook's now doing original series as well and hopefully we can find some success in the longer TV format. I love that. Yeah. Oh, look, looking forward to seeing more of that. Um, okay, so to end, I would love for, for all of our, especially our young listeners or anyone who's um, currently out there working really hard to achieve a dream. Yeah. You know, or maybe they've worked really hard to achieve a dream just to have that dream fall apart. Um, what, would, what would you say is your best advice for someone to really follow their dreams and make, make life happen? So my, my absolute best advice that I have actually given over and over again that I truly believe in and this is based on my own success and how I found my success would be no matter where I was in life and no matter where I was working I was always good to everyone I was when I worked at a restaurant I was good to the owner and I was good to everyone around me when I worked at um, a confederacy boutique clothing store I was good to everybody I was I was I was generous I was giving I was loving I made sure to show everybody love without thinking I wanted anything in return. Now, 10 years later from those jobs, I've built those a network without even realizing it, that all those people are willing to help me out in my new endeavors and my goals, whether it be invest, investors with cash or someone who's in the, in the digital space or is an agent at, at UTA or whatever, I've realized that I hadn't burned any bridges so everyone was willing to help me, which made it so much easier for me to be successful. And that was based on going back to just loving people without wanting anything from return. So I think that's huge advice is being a good person, working hard, and don't do sketchy things to get ahead. Just be good to people. And it comes back. And it came back for me. And it can come back to you. Hmm. Thank you for that. That's absolutely beautiful, beautiful advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited. Absolute blessing talking to you. Thank you so much. I've had a good time, Rachel. A huge thank you to my guest, Matt Cutshall. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. Big thanks to the folks at Digital Media for their production work. And of course, thank you to my sponsors, Bombas, Third Love, and Framebridge. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.